Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. At Delta, we know Mike and HC prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe use headphones if you're listening at work or around small children. Now here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Hey, Kristen. It has been one week since we... Oh, no. Oh, sorry. I fell asleep. I was reading The Sleep Revolution. Uh, It is a book that puts you to sleep. (laughs) Well, it's been one week since we lived by it, and you know what that means. Well, it's time for another Buy the Book mini episode. Oh, you know it is. Right, it's time for another Buy the Book epilogue. This week, we're looking at the aftermath of Living by the Sleep Revolution, Transforming Your Life One Night at a Time by Ariana Huffington. But before we get to the book, you guys, you know what I'm about to do. It's time for some housekeeping. Yay! First and foremost, the celebrated author, Kristen Meinzer, her book is still available for pre-sale. It's called So You Want to Start a Podcast? And uh, it just got a little write-up, didn't it, Kristen? It did. Publishers Weekly gave it a glowing review, or preview, I guess might be the right way to put it. Also, second reminder, we're doing a live show in Brooklyn. Yes. Come hang out with us yes. in our in our hometown. Join us. It's at the Bell House, where all the podcasts go. It's September 6th. When you get a ticket, you get a copy of Kristen's book, Hello, Two Birds, One Stone. You can grab your tickets over at thebellhouseny.com. Now, let's dive into the sleep revolution. We got 
tons of questions this week from listeners about sleep, as well as some theories about what we can do to sleep better. And since neither you, Jolenta, nor I are scientists, and since Mm-mm. Ariana Huffington isn't a scientist either, Mm-mm. we decided to bring on a real sleep scientist to help us with some of these questions and theories. Amy Bender is the sleep scientist joining us. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, we're so excited to have you here. So first and foremost, can you tell us about what a sleep scientist like yourself, what what do you do? So I study the physiological signals of sleep, particularly the brain waves of what's going on during sleep, but also the different physiological signals going on. So different muscle movements, different breathing rates, and that kind of thing. Oh, wow. So all the things that all of our bodies do when we're asleep, our bodies and our brains. Yes, absolutely. We have a lot of listener questions, but first I have a quick question for you. When my husband falls asleep, he twitches his arms and legs like kind of violently. What is happening? (laughs) Yes, that's a natural part of falling asleep in many people. It's called a hypnagogic jerk. It's kind of like when your brain finally disconnects from your body for a split second. That's kind of what's going on there. Oh, that happens to me all the time. I'll have like that kind of falling dream where I'm starting to fall asleep and then I'll jerk awake or parts of me will twitch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Thank you, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Now we can get to some listener questions now that I've gotten myself out of the way. Yes. Kim has this question. My husband works 24-hour shifts as a firefighter, and I know other first responders and medical professionals who are constantly switching between day and night shifts, which seems even harder on our bodies than regular shifts. It's pretty clear from sleep studies that these schedules do have a negative impact on health over time. Wondering if there are any ways to mitigate those impacts. Great question. I would say, you know, I guess the number one way would be to work nights permanently, so even Mm. on your days off, which is not a realistic strategy. So potentially being on more of a later schedule in those instances, being on more of a night owl, so going to bed a little later than you normally would, and being able to sleep in a bit can kind of compromise the disparity between the two. Also, potentially adding in a nap is a good strategy. So a lot of times you won't necessarily be able to sleep eight hours during the day. I mean, we're meant to be awake during the day and our circadian rhythm is giving us signals for alertness. And so if you do only get maybe five hours during the day, if you can supplement with a nap to try and accumulate more sleep, that's important. Another strategy may be getting more light in the morning to Mm. try and, yeah, so um, coming off of a night shift to get more light in the morning to kind of quickly shift you into more of that daytime normal schedule. Oh, so many great tips. I always forget like natural light is a real thing and (laughs) and, like helps our bodies, like tells, tells our body, like signals things to our bodies. Absolutely. Natural light is one of my biggest tips that people really? don't aren't yeah, they aren't really aware of it. They aren't aware of the importance of it. And particularly light in the morning outside because, you know, sunlight can be 
a hundred times more powerful or brighter than our indoor lighting. So definitely trying to get light outside at least 30 minutes a day before noon has actually been shown to um, improve sleep quality at night. Oh, I'm so glad we're talking to you, Amy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, We got this interesting question from Mike. He says, Ariana Huffington says in her book that she's opposed to most sleep aids and medications. But are there any safe over-the-counter sleep aids? And what are the recommended frequencies for using such products? Well, I think medications in general, it's you can become reliant on them. And that's part of the problem. It's if you don't have that medication, you're going to have a really mm-hmm. hard time sleeping that night. So that's part of the problem. Also, if we're talking about hypnotic medications, you know, there's more risk for in elderly, let's say there's more risk for fall. There's more cognitive risk. Um, people even will end up driving to McDonald's in the middle of the night, come back and not even realize it. Mm. So there are some dangers related to medications. And in general, um, if you can avoid using sleeping medications, you know, that's a good thing. I would say potentially melatonin has been shown to be relatively safe, but you have to really think about why are you taking it, you Mm. know, And so there's better techniques out there that can help you. So if you're suffering from insomnia, something like changing the way you're thinking, like cognitive behavioral therapy, is the number one gold standard treatment. So you have to kind of really think about why you're taking it. And is it because you have an underlying sleep problem? And if so, then to get the proper treatment. Mm. Now, here's another issue with sleep that a lot of people have. Jolenta and I have this issue, and so do some of our listeners. Leandra says, I want to know about how to stop grinding my teeth in my sleep. How can I control something I do when I'm unconscious? Mm, That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a grinding teeth expert by any means, but a lot of times grinding teeth can be a sign of sleep apnea. Oh, so if, yes. So if you frequently snore, if you're oh, really yeah, tired yeah. during the day, you know, that and, and grinding teeth can all be a sign of sleep apnea. So it's definitely something to look into from a sleep professional. I think also stress management is yeah. a good thing when it comes to grinding teeth, like doing relaxing activities, doing yoga can sometimes help with teeth grinding. Oh. That's so interesting. My partner wow. has also said I stop breathing for parts of the night. So mm. perhaps he's onto something. And I snore Uh-oh. like a chainsaw. Yeah, you snore like crazy. <laughs> we just wear mouth guards and call it a night. Yes, but... we do. All of us do. <laughs> so in our episode, Kristen talked about how she has suffered from horrible night terrors most of her life, as well as mm. the occasional fun sleep paralysis episode. And uh, lots of our listeners wrote in saying they also have these issues, including Ashley, who said, I was so excited to hear Kristen's coping mechanism to deal with her nightmares. Like Kristen, when a nightmare wakes me up, I also think of alternate endings to help me fall back asleep and act out the alternate endings if I fall back asleep in the same dream. And same as Kristen, if I remember a dream in the morning, I think about it throughout the day to make it less frightening. Is this tactic common? Yes, those are those are very good techniques to help uh, help with night terrors. I mean, you don't want to just do nothing. You need to kind of create positive 
positive angles and positive endings. Why is that um, in, why is that important? I'm sorry to interrupt, but I've never heard of that until Kristen talked about it like a few weeks ago. Well, I think it helps with reoccurrence too. So mm. um, it helps mitigate it coming back again more frequently. Ultimately, I mean, what we see in the sleep research is has to do again with with stress management. So I don't know if that's kind of yeah. a trigger for some of these. Another thing is sleep deprivation. So mm. sleep deprivation can also trigger the occurrence. Oh, yeah. So trying to prioritize sleep will help prevent some of those attacks. Oh, that's good to know because yeah. I am frequently sleep deprived. Oh, for sure you are. Yeah. yeah. So that makes sense. <laughs> Well, I, I have three kids, six and under, so oh. I totally understand. Oh, Amy mm-hmm. wins the Sleep Deprived Award, I think. <laughs> but this is a good pivot, oh, actually, totally. Amy, yeah. because Skylar wrote in and said, it's one thing to handle nightmares as an adult. It's another to comfort a child in the middle of the night. Talking to my six-year-old about his nightmares truly just stresses him out. Even days later, both my kids have night tears. They scream um, even when they're still asleep. How does a parent go to sleep after that? It's hard enough to get my kids back to sleep. As a parent trying to go back to sleep, I completely understand. I think um, trying to do maybe relaxing activities right after, only returning to your bed when you're sleepy is an important technique. Mm. And that's good for people waking up in the middle of the night as well. So you you want to associate your bed with being asleep. So if you've been awake for 20 minutes, you are not going to sleep. You want to get up out of bed, do a relaxing activity, and only return to bed when you're sleepy. Wow, these are great tips. So back when I was in college and had insomnia and did everything in my bed from writing papers to eating meals, I probably wasn't helping myself. (laughs) Uh, No, no, yeah, you want to limit... Uh, activities in bed, so sleep and sex only. Nice. Mm. Oh, and since we're talking about dreams still, Kevin wrote something interesting. He says, I've probably remembered a dream maybe once every couple of years, and I always feel like there's this entire world that I don't get to experience. I'm always jealous of people that seem to have these fantastical experiences at night, whereas I'm just dead to the world till morning. How common is this? It's actually really common that people don't remember their dreams. So I wouldn't be concerned. And actually, you know, you you have to wake up during the middle of the dream to remember it. So it could be that this person is just sleeping so soundly that they never really wake up during the middle of their dream. And that's why they don't remember their dream. So I wouldn't think of it as a concern. It may even be that you're a pro sleeper. Yeah, I was like, maybe uh, we should be jealous of you, Kevin, because (laughs) you seem to be getting sleep that doesn't interrupt you when it's not ready to be interrupted. Yeah, I have to say my (laughs) husband has the same situation. Dean Always oh, says yeah. he doesn't dream, but I insist he probably does, but doesn't no, remember sure the does. dreams. Yeah. But I I mean, it's really interesting that that's a sign of good sleep. I like that. Sleep. Yeah. Love it. Amy, one last question, and it is the million dollar question. What are your best simple tips that we can all start enlisting right now to get a better night's sleep? 
Okay, so we have to think of our daily activities as it relates to sleep. So we can't just what <laughs> 30 minutes. <laughs> you can't just 30 minutes before bedtime, you know, expect to have a good night's sleep. You have to do things during the day to help improve your night's sleep. So number one, getting lots of light in the morning, as I mentioned previously. Number two, you know, exercise is important. So exercise will increase the amount of deep sleep that you're getting, that very restorative sleep. Having a really good bedtime routine is important. And so there's many things you can stick in there. So for example, setting a bedtime alarm. So about an hour before you want to be in bed, Mm. set a daily alarm on your phone so that it cues you to put away the electronic devices dim the lights, start doing relaxing activities. Another thing you could incorporate would be writing a to-do list before bed. So we want to offload the thoughts from our mind, put it on paper, and then put it away has been shown to make you fall asleep more easily. Incorporating gratitude, having a gratitude journal has been shown to improve quality of sleep. Uh, And then just, you know, relaxing activities, breathing, stretching. Another technique I like that we didn't talk about was it's called the cognitive shuffle. So what you do is you think about a word, bedtime, let's say bedtime, and you imagine all the objects you can starting with B. So ball, baby, bag, bus. And then when you can't think of any more objects, um, you go on to the letter E and so on. And by the end of the word, you will be sound asleep. Ooh. I am going to try that tonight. Yes. Totally trying <laughs> I am tonight. obsessed with that. Ugh. Amy Bender, thank you so much for those fabulous tips and for your answers to all of the wide range of questions our listeners had today. Can you tell us all where we can find you on social? Sure. I'm at Sleep for Sport. So that's the number four. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, fabulous. Thank you so much, Amy Bender, sleep scientist. We love talking with you. Thank you for having me. Listeners, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about Jolenta's family, workplace nap rooms, and more. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland. And discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and french fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, we are back. And we're going to talk listener responses to the Sleep Revolution episode. And we have a fantastic voicemail I want to get to first from a little someone named Todd. And reminder, you guys can leave us voicemails too. Just hit us up at 302-49-BOOKS. That would be 302-492-6657. 
Now let's listen to this voicemail from Todd. I think it's slightly delusional that Ariana Huffington says in her book, you know, advice for you, just go to your office's sleeping room. Question, uh, how many offices do you know that have sleep rooms? Um, because I know of only one, and those are the ones at Huffington Post. I was in those offices one day, and a room that used to be a green room uh, had now been turned into a room with a bed. And I asked the people who worked there, well, does anyone use it? And essentially, they were like, well, no. Uh, you don't want to be the person who's caught sleeping at work, even if Ariana Huffington is your boss. So uh, it's crazy. Thank you. Bye. Oh, Todd, I love that message. I imagine no one uses the room except Ariana. And does she even use it? Probably not. It's probably just good for her brand and good for selling books. I bet there are copies of her books just laying around. Mm. And if there's like a branded mattress and yes, like yes. branded blankets. Some of that uh, lavender spray that she's into. Yeah, a branded like sound machine. Yeah, all those things. Um, No, of course not. Most mm -mm. offices do not have nap rooms. No. Can we talk about, we've mentioned this before, Jolenta, your mom, hairdresser, mm -hmm. my mom, working yeah. retail. How many freaking hair salons no. and retail shops have beds in them? At hair salons, you just pay to stand behind a chair. You pay rent. Like, yes. Like, yes. they aren't giving you a nap room. The only beds in retail are if you work at a mattress store. Yeah, when so, I was no. teaching after-school theater classes, weirdly, I had no nap room. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes I would sleep in a basement that smelled like a dead mouse by a refrigerator <laughs> when I needed a nap. <laughs> That's like a nap room, right? Mm, no, Todd, you are very right. Um, I don't have a lot of experience working at places with nap rooms. My family doesn't. Jolenta, your family no. doesn't. And no. I feel like it's something everyone like thinks is a good idea, but I think in practice no one does because our culture still frowns upon people who acknowledge like they require sleep. Yeah. Speaking of naps, there seems to be a very strong <laughs> divide in our Facebook community on whether, quote, naps are the devil, as you say, Jolenta, uh -huh. or Naps are life. But one listener interestingly fell into both camps. Mm. Gina had this to say, I'm totally with Jolenta about napping. I just can't do it. I'm a downright bitch when I wake <laughs> up. If I'm lying down to sleep, I want to stay sleeping. Mm -hmm. However, put me in a car and zoom, nap time, hello, here I come. I love napping on long car rides. I usually do not wake up in a bad mood from them. However, my husband hates it because if it's a long ride, he's looking for company, not someone sound asleep in the car. I actually have to distract myself from falling asleep in the car with either eating something, listening to a podcast, or be the driver, not the passenger. I have to say, Gina, I'm on your husband's side here. That's bad form. Oh, you know what's crazy, though? I identify with Gina totally. I didn't even think about that. But the second you put me in a moving vehicle, I'm like, oh, snap time. No, your job as the co-pilot no, is to be good be. company. Well, and like— you know, when Brad and I drive, we don't do it often, and mm -hmm. mostly it's to places we've never been before, and we're, like, in a car that's a rental, and we don't know it. So he needs me to help him navigate, and I'll be like, oh, should I have just <laughs> – like, I'm like a baby when you swing the carriage. Like, the second you put me in it, I'm like – yeah. And you might recall in the episode, I actually mentioned that's where my naps took place right. was in the backseat of the car. Oh, on totally. A, went on a road trip with friends. So. But it wasn't when you were, like, the only co-pilot and you were being, a, like, a bad co-pilot. And it wasn't when I was driving. Well, you shouldn't have been <laughs> drive. Categorically bad idea. 
Okay. Well, Jolenta, let's talk about something more serious. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to send you love and sympathy in the midst of what's Mm -hmm. happening with your dad. So many people reached out saying, that fucking sucks, and I'm with you, and I know it's hard. And several people actually shared their own stories. Here's one from Cassie. Cassie says, Jolenta, I understand your situation with your fucked up dad so much. (laughs) Two years ago, my dad asked my mom for a divorce. This was two days before I was about to move in with them after living in China and starting my first full-time position as a teacher at a middle school. Two months later, my parents were still living under one roof in separate bedrooms, and my mom decided to get away for the week. The day after she left, my dad sat me down and said he wanted to move a woman he loved and her two children into the house. Oh, by the way, this was a person that was friends with my mom 20 years ago. She and the kids moved in. Two days later, she decided it wasn't actually good for her to be living there with my mom still there and moved out. Fast forward to a year and a half later, my parents' divorce was final. My dad moved away to a new city, and I called him on Christmas. It was a pleasant conversation. Two weeks later, he told me he wasn't alone during that Christmas call. In fact, the same woman and her children were living together in his new home. I felt a stab in the gut when he told me this. I felt deceived and replaced because now my dad has new daughters. Ugh, it's weird. And I know know some people are like, people are allowed to move on and blah, blah, blah. And like, I totally get that. But like, just don't abandon the other family you made. You don't get to when you make a kid. Yeah. Fact. Yeah, you can move on, but if you can't integrate the two lives, like, that's a you problem. Yeah. And, like, don't blame the people, like, affected by the fallout for someone's selfishness. Yeah. It, it's horrible. Cassie, thank you for sharing your yeah. story. And that Oof, freaking that blows. It's that bad. Sucks. It's really, really bad. Should we move on to something somewhat related, Jolenta? Uh, yes, I think I know what it is. And it's my favorite Facebook thread I've ever seen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there are multiple Facebook threads about your dream that you had and multiple emails we received. Jolenta, can you remind us of what your dream, what happened in your dream? So my dream was Brad came home from work and he got a phone from work because, you know, some works give you phones. Mm-hmm. But it had this astrology phone case that I had just gotten and was, like, very proud of for being very unique. And I was like, you copied my phone case. And he was like, no, it just came that way. And I'm like, yeah, but like, that's an that's an add-on. And you got the same one as me. That's weird. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, work just gave me a phone. And it bothered me a lot in my dream. Yes. And you didn't know what it meant. You just knew it was probably related to how I was like, I'm sure your... it's about some man gaslighting me and me <laughs> feeling infuriated. Yes. So many people wrote in with an interpretation similar to Becky's. Becky said, I joined the Facebook group just so I could start a discussion on Jolenta's dream. That's my kind of person. I feel pretty strongly that, one, Brad represents Jolenta's dad. Two, the original phone Mm. case is Jolenta. And three, Brad's copycat phone case is the teenager. I'm not normally into dream interpretation, but this was very interesting to think about. I totally agree. Because the sentiment's the same of like, what? I just fell into it. It just came my way and like happens to be like reminiscent of you and I don't need you anymore. Like, it's just what? a different daughter. I didn't replace you or rip you off. Like it just was given to me. So like, don't be mad. <sighs> don't be affected. No, that's on you, isn't it? Oh. You know what is on me? Nothing. No, nothing's on you. <laughs> you know what's on other people? Shitty behavior. Yes. Sometimes it's on me. But, but not in this case. Not in this case. No. no. Uh, case. Phone case. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <Whoa>, full circle. <laughs> uh, dreams are really important, you guys. 
All right, let's move on. Let us move on. Because I'd be remiss not to mention all the people who had funny snoring <laughs> stories to share with so us. So many snoring stories. Yes. Amy, Amy wrote this. Kristen, I can better your tape of Dean snoring. And reminder, Dean snoring was our Easter egg for the uh, Sleep Revolution episode. So if you didn't hear that, just fast forward to the very, very end and you'll hear a beautiful clip. Amy continues to say, Just last week, we were on a family vacation and all sleeping in one hotel room. My husband had a cold and was snoring like crazy. So at 3 a.m., with nowhere to escape and no hope of falling back asleep, what could I do? I downloaded a decibel noise meter on my phone. Of course. <laughs> of course. I guess. My husband's <laughs> snores hit 87 decibels or garbage disposal equivalent. <laughs> No sleep hacks were going to help the sound of a human garbage disposal flicking on every six seconds just inches from my head. But at least it gave me a good laugh in the middle of the night. <laughs> and it now gave us a good laugh. But now I want to download I know. this app and it's find out be what an the epidemic. decibel level is. I need to check Brad's for sure. Nobody should check mine. Just heads up. Don't I'm a, check I'm mine. a real proponent of mouth breathing, so I don't want to know what I it don't, sounds like. I don't want to know. I'm sure it's very, very, very bad. Yes. Oh. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to hear some sleep hacks from you, our listeners, and we're going to announce next week's book. Stay with us. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. We are back, and we're talking sleep hacks that you, our listeners, have told us about. Yes. Let's start off with this one from Emily. Emily says, my partner and I sleep in the same bed, but we each have our own blanket. I am notorious for stealing and hogging the covers because I sleep best when I can roll myself up like a burrito. This way, we can be comfortable in the same bed and he doesn't have to rip covers away from me. We also bring an extra blanket when we travel so we can still each be cozy burritos in the same bed. Dean and I do this too. I do not do that. Being a burrito is akin to death to me. Well, well not the burrito part. We do oh. different blankets because, um, as you know, Joe went to— Oh, you we, sleep in you sleep in warm and cool? Yes, because we talk about this much. You and I know way too much about our husband's temperatures. Oh, they, both, they both run very extra hot. hot in the bed. Very, yeah. very hot. And so Dean sleeps pretty much with just a sheet and he puts a giant quilt mm -hmm. on me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's usually what happens, I guess. Brad is usually only in the sheet and has kicked the blanket off, and then I end up taking the whole blanket. So yeah. I guess we do that. Yeah. It's a good hack. It I'm is. all about it. Mary writes in with this hack. She says, on the Facebook community, it appears that a lot of people would rather die than give up using their AC nine months of the year to help them sleep. I used to feel the same way, but I also felt guilt about the environmental impact of using the AC so often. And so we began experimenting and we found that the following hacks have changed our lives. One, we have a ceiling fan in each bedroom, which makes our room feel up to 10 degrees cooler and barely affects our electric bill. 
Two, we sleep on a regular spring mattress. When we had a memory foam mattress or pillow top mattress, we sweated through the whole night. And three, we gave up all down comforters and synthetic blankets. Both hold in heat. Now we use lightweight cotton sheets and bamboo quilts. Combined, these hacks have helped us to cut down on our AC usage by over 50%. That's incredible. That's you were fantastic. just telling me about ceiling fans, and I was like, ugh, I'm going to like rip out my light fixtures. It's a game changer. Yeah. Dean installed one in our bedroom, and oh my gosh. Such ugh, a good idea. Love that ceiling fan. Love it. Ashley says, lighting designer here. You don't need to use environmentally unfriendly lights to create a healthy sleep space. LED lights have come a long way since Ariana Huffington wrote her book. Look for LEDs labeled 2700 to 3000K, usually called soft white or warm white. You can also see how energy efficient they are on the box. Mm, that's, that's true. Good. I use LED lights that are mildly dimmable, but very warm light, and it it's a very chic look. And the LED, like, they just last so long. Like, I haven't changed a light bulb since I don't know when. Yeah, they're the best. Love them. Love them. Huge thanks to everybody who wrote in with their hacks this week and with their stories and questions. Reminder, you can always join the Facebook community by logging on to facebook.com slash groups slash BTB pod, or just use the link in the episode description. And now, Kristen, it's time. It's time for that magical time where we announce next week's book. Woohoo! Our next book is The Art of Dying Well, a practical guide to a good end of life by Katie Butler. Will we be dyeing our hair? What color? Will it be highlights or belage? Or hold on, do we have to wear tie-dye t-shirts like you do all the time, Jolenta? Or wait, is it not even about dying things, but maybe mortality itself? It is, but I promise it's actually uplifting. I really hope so. Listen next week to hear it for yourself. And that's it for this mini episode of By the Book. Huge thank you to our very awake production team at Stitcher, Nora Ritchie and Casey Halford. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who I think is in a nap room at this very moment. He composed our theme song. And thanks also to the Rizzos who perform it and never take naps. And reminder, we have another season of our show called By the Book Authors Tell All. It's available on Stitcher Premium. It features interviews with some of the authors whose books we've lived by, like Countess Luann and America's Cheapest Family, who didn't like how Kristen lived by their book. It's no, very funny didn't. to hear them confront her. That's true. It's also funny to hear me be starstruck, just sitting silently in front of Luann. It's the most <laughs> quiet I've ever been. If you think I interrupt a lot, you should listen to me with Luann, because I'm quiet. <laughs> and we also interview people who just write good books that we think you should know about, like people like Gretchen Rubin. So hit that up on StitcherPremium.com, and you can use the promo code BOOK for a free month. That's plenty of time to listen to all 12 episodes. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read The Sleep Revolution and if it worked or did not work for you. Also send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. We legit read every suggestion that comes in. We never get tired of reading your suggestions. Some of them are very wacky. Some of them are actually... Some of them are like, oh, oh my gosh, how have I not thought of that book in the many years we've been yes. doing this show, even though it is a staple? Like, exactly. Sometimes we literally need your help. Yes, Exactly. Our email address is kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. You can tweet at us, at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at By the Book Pod. And of course, we have our voicemail number. We love hearing your voices. 302-492-6657 or just 302-49-BOOKS. 
rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, but do not rate us or review us if you're going to call us shrill or say that you don't like our voices. Only rate us and review us if you love us because uh-huh. that's what we want to We understand hear. some yeah. people don't like the sounds of women's voices. That's cool. Don't listen to our show. You don't need to lower our ratings because you don't like women. Yeah, but mostly just tell us you love us. Please. Please, dear God. We're so insecure. Until next time, I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. On the way back, if you see any chips, mm-hmm. if you see a chip, I might like. If I see a chip, you might like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't met one you don't like, so <laughs> let me see what I can do. Stitcher. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.